Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make plans. I am your host, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, And today we're going to talk about Asset protection, protecting your net worth, protecting your life savings from some of the would-be uh, creditors and predators out there uh, that uh, that would like to have your stuff as much as you would. Uh, and the two issues I'm going to focus on uh, during today's episode are uh, the nursing home and long-term care costs, so protecting your assets in the event that you would end up getting sick and need to protect them from nursing home costs, this crazy Medicaid system that we have. And the second thing I want to talk to you about is is um, an opportunity to plan for your kids in a way that can really help them out. And what I can tell you is of the parents that come into my estate plan, and I'm talking about uh, parents of adult kids. Um, one of the things that they want to chat about more than I more than I thought when I got into this practice is asset protection for their kids during their kids' lives. So after mom and dad have passed away from issues like divorce, lawsuit, um, and and other creditor issues that could creep in. And I guess the thought process is, well, I know the thought process is. I've worked my whole life. uh, I've accumulated some stuff. I have some savings. And when I pass away, I want my kids to have that savings. I don't want um, them to lose that money to their poor marital decision or – an unfaithful spouse or a creditor issue or a lawsuit uh, due to a car accident or whatever the case is. So so the two issues we are going to be talking about, uh, sort of the two wolves we're going to be talking about fending off today are uh, future nursing home costs, future long-term care costs. And then if we've done that correctly, how do we get our assets to our kids in a way that they can enjoy the assets, but their creditors and predators cannot get to them. So uh, for those who have not heard the show before, if you haven't heard of us before, uh, this is the Life and Legacy Show sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, We are your family's partner in elder law, estate planning, and uh, post-death administration work. Headquartered in Mars, Pennsylvania, but we have offices sort of across western Pennsylvania and have, uh, have done a lot of work in just about every county around. Um, you can reach us anytime at 724-841-1393. Or check us out, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. All right, so key to understanding uh, today's topic, asset protection, is we're going to have to have some some know-how around using uh, a trust. We're going to have to know at least what a trust is. Um, now, you know, you talk 15 neighbors, you're going to get 15 different opinions on trusts. But but let's just talk about what they are today. Um, a trust is is uh, an agreement between you, the creator, you're called the grantor, and your trustee, which is the person in control. It's kind of like creating a new legal entity, right? So, so the only place it exists is paperwork I draw up, you sign, um, and then you've just given birth to this new, this new legal entity. Now, that trust... Um, what that document does is manage control and access. That's all it does. Who's in control at what given point in time and who can access the stuff? Can I get to my stuff? Can my kids get to the stuff? Could uh, the tax man get to my stuff? Could the long-term care uh, expense get to my stuff? And, and so 
um, we can use trusts to own certain assets, and then those assets are are then subject to the terms and conditions of that trust agreement. Right. So um, there's a couple of different types of trusts, and we're going to talk about both today. So the first is a lifetime trust. This is a trust that is in existence during your lifetime, and it may remain in existence after you pass away, but it's a it's a lifetime trust. The second type of trust we're going to talk about are testamentary trusts. So think last will and testament. So when you pass away, it's a trust that is created for someone else with the things you owned prior to your passing. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna discuss both of those a little bit in detail today, um, and they are uh, they're really good tools because look we we can use them to limit other people's access access to your stuff access to your house access to your money. You didn't work your whole life to lose your life savings to some creditor and predator. Like that's not what we do this for. What we get out of bed every morning for is to make sure we have a good you know, provide for our families, have a good quality of life. And when I pass away, if there are some leftovers, fantastic. But that's the legacy I want to leave for my children or my niece and nephew. If you don't happen to have kids, I usually just say kids to kind of keep the show simple. But I'm I'm leaving assets to my kids because then that's going to give them a better opportunity to have a higher quality of life, maybe do some things I wasn't able to do, maybe not so work uh, work so hard as I worked, and you know just take care of family, and and that's that's the whole deal here. I mean, that's sort of that's a big part of the American dream. I can I can uh, provide for myself, I can provide for my family, and hopefully there's some leftovers to keep on providing even after I've passed away. So what are the things that could get in the way? Well, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that gets in the way for middle class families, upper middle class families, are long term care expenses. You know, if you if you do have Alzheimer's disease, and and by the way, the you know the Alzheimer's Association says one in three seniors is going to end up with dementia, one in three. And if you look at, at statistics like that, and then compare that to the care associated with dementia, is uh, long-term custodial care, and your Medicare plan doesn't pay for that. That's all private pay until you run out of money, and then Medicaid will pay for that. And so the idea is, well, I don't want to run out of money. I mean, if I if I I cannot prevent if I get Alzheimer's disease. They tell me to eat a lot of vitamins and almonds and things like that. So you know, I do that all day long. I can do all the crossword puzzles in the world, but I I kind of have the feeling that if I'm on that Alzheimer's train, I can't really get off. And so, but what I can understand is I can understand that the system is not in my corner if I get sick. The system requires me to go broke, and I don't want to go broke. And so I can take some steps to protect myself. Um, for those of you who have been listening to the show before, you you know that one of the things that, that sort of got me into this work in the first place is planning for this long-term care issue after an experience with my grandfather, who was an Alzheimer's patient, did go through a whole pile of money, and, you know, had had somebody stepped up, had the lawyers stepped up and done their job correctly, my opinion is they could have protected a whole bunch of money. Um, and today I'm going to tell you about one of the tools that I wish my family would have had, um, had anybody known that that this was an option way back when so um and that tool is what we call an asset protection trust a medicaid asset protection trust so um this is a tool that can be used as the name implies to protect your stuff from long-term care expenses and and you know here's the thing 
Most people know if I end up in a nursing home, I've got to be broke first, right? They kind of know that if I, if I have some stuff, if I go into a nursing home, I, I had better get that stuff out of my name before I go in because otherwise I'm going to lose it. And so what they do is they end up giving all that stuff to their kids. They end up transferring assets, putting the house in the kid's name, moving financial accounts, um, and and that's all in an effort to protect those assets from potential long-term care expenses. All right, but here's the thing: when you give up ownership of an asset, if I put my house in my kid's name, what have I given up? I've given up control, right? I've given up control. Well, I'm not sure I worked my whole life to give up control. Right? If I put all my money in my kid's names, what happens if my kid gets a divorce? What happens if my kid passes away in an accident? Where's my stuff go? Who's in control? Right? And that's one of the things that really makes me nervous about all these transfers of assets is is the client, my, you know, mom or dad, are now giving up control of their stuff, let alone the fact that it is probably, in a lot of situations, putting the house in the kids' names is probably a pretty big tax mistake um, from a capital gain standpoint. I, uh, that's, a, that's a conversation for another day, but you, you lose what's called stepped-up tax basis when you do that. Um, and then the third is Medicaid has this five-year look-back period where if you end up going into the nursing home and need to apply for, for help, need to apply for Medicaid to pay for that nursing home, Medicaid asks, have you given anything away in the last five years? And if the answer to that is yes, you have a problem. And if the answer to that is yes, and you've already given your stuff to the kids and they have spent the money or they've lost it to a divorce or the money's gone for whatever reason, you've got a really, really big problem. Um, because the state would allow kids to return the funds, but so many times they're not able to. And, and all of these things combined is, is why an elder law attorney like myself is going to tell you, I don't really like outright transfers to the kids because of, of the giving up of the control and the risk you take on. I prefer to use trusts, all right? Because if we use an asset protection trust, then you can maintain some elements of control over the assets in that trust. Um, it's not only at the whim of your kid. The the assets that are in the trust are protected if your kid gets a divorce during that five-year look-back period, or for that matter, for the rest of your life. You, you, the assets are not subject to your kid's issues like divorces, like a car accident lawsuit, like a uh, lawsuit that results from their profession or, or what whatever it may be. So I can I can start the five-year clock for Medicaid, I can protect some assets, I can maintain control without risking the assets to my kids, creditors, and predators, and, and crazy life events, and I can keep myself from making that big capital gains tax mistake that will happen um, if I've transferred the asset to my kid. So there, there's a lot of pros. There's a lot of pros in doing this. And I think if you haven't done uh, the homework to figure out if it's a right, um, a right deal for you, come to one of our workshops. We have workshops monthly, sometimes a couple times a month up in Mars. We're hosting them in a place called The Well, which is a big open facility, with, uh, and, and we spread everybody out. We have masks for you to use. We have hand sanitizer on every table. It, it's really, in my opinion, it looks like a pretty safe environment. I'm comfortable going in there, and, and what we do is we limit the amount of people that are allowed in, um, and I present this stuff to you. You can ask me all the questions you want uh, about whether this is right for you. It doesn't cost you anything. And then uh, we offer you a free consultation after the workshop if we really want to uh, drill down into into your particular situation. So um, 
if you happen to be uncomfortable uh, in that setting right now, and I get it, uh, we have recorded the workshop, a, a shortened version of the workshop, but it's still really good, and it's on the website. Check it out, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, and under the workshops tab, you can uh, either register for one of the upcoming workshops or uh, you can gain access to the one that is pre-recorded. Uh, we'll email that out to you and, and you can watch that in the comfort of your living room. So um, a big part of that is using an asset protection trust to protect assets from your potential future issues with long-term care expenses, um, etc. So asset protection trust. Maintain control uh, and deny the wolves the access to your things. Um, now, the secondary issue that um, a lot of my clients seem to be asking me about is what happens if I've got this savings, I've, I've worked hard, I've got my home, I've got retirement accounts, I've got, I've got money, I plan on there being some leftovers, I plan on leaving these assets to my kids. What happens if, I put, if, if my daughter inherits that money and then five years later goes through a divorce? What happens? Um, because maybe I'm not really in love with the guy she married. Maybe she hasn't married anybody yet. We don't know who that's going to be. Maybe the guy seems fine right now, but uh, you never know. And with divorce rates at sitting at about 40% right now, um, seems like a pretty statistically relevant issue to be thinking about. And so what I like to do to solve this problem is the inheritance doesn't go out right. You know, the world's a more uh, um, complicated place than it used to be. You know, if you think about your great-grandpa's will, if you even have one, it's just, you know, um, kids the executor, kids get it in equal shares. Right? And then we had to start building in underage trusts, and then we had to start building in special needs trusts, and then we have, you know, and, and things go on and on. And one of the issues that is really relevant today is this is this divorce rate issue. <clears throat> and so most of my clients... We don't, uh, not most, I don't, I don't know most, but we, we offer to our clients um, to, to not leave an outright inheritance to the kid. Because if I leave my daughter an outright inheritance and then she takes the money and she does what the smart kids do, you know, she takes it and she pays off uh, the mortgage on the house she owns jointly with her husband or, or she buys a, a minivan for all of my future grandbabies to drive around in and, and that's titled jointly as a family car. And then pays off her husband's student loans because they don't like the interest rate. You know, they don't go extravagant, but she takes some money and she she does the smart stuff with it, right? Well, what has she just done in that fact pattern? She's she's commingled all the money. We can't tell what was her inheritance versus what they've earned. Um, and then if they end up with an uh, with a divorce a few years later, now we got ourselves in a, in a fairly complicated situation where they've probably just lost a bunch of the, you know, my life savings to to this divorce issue. Not okay in my book. Not going to happen in my estate plan. And so, what? What? When I have clients that have this concerned, we don't do outright inheritance. Whether you use a will during your life or whether you use trusts during your life, um, when you pass away, those documents can say, "I leave the assets and equal shares to my kids." in trust according to the following terms. And then you lay out all the terms and conditions. Then you lay out who's the trustee, meaning who's in control, usually the kid. Then you lay out who has access and under what terms and conditions, always the kid, right? So we this is what 
in our office, we call it a uh, separate share trust. Each of the kids gets their separate share of the inheritance in a trust that can be used to protect it from um, from their potential future divorces, lawsuits, etc. <clears throat> Other people will call this trust a beneficiary controlled trust. I've heard it called the inheritor's trust. All good names, all the same tool. The idea is we can put the assets in a trust. My kid can be the trustee over his own money. Now, I like to, to have um, the kid have a co-trustee. I think it adds another element of asset protection, but they can pick a friendly co-trustee, a sibling, a friend, um, a trusted professional. But now those two people are in control of the money, and the trust says that it provides for my kid whenever the trustee wants them to, but it has something called a spendthrift clause in it that says that the creditors and predators of the world, the divorces, the lawsuits, um, cannot get to the money. And so now we've got an element of being able to keep that money in a trust. My kid can access their inheritance whenever they want, but their spouse or their lawsuit cannot. And then when my kid passes away... I can have it so that that money continues to flow on to my grandchildren um, rather than when my daughter passes away, her leaving it everything to her spouse. So I can continue to manage control and access to the assets, protect my family, protect my kids, keep the money in the bloodline if that's a goal of mine um, by using trusts as an inheritance. We we call them, again, separate share trust, which is, which is great. Now, there's a there's a a new twist in this in this game with retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs because it used to be the case, well it still is the case that you get a certain level of asset protection during your life over your retirement accounts. And I and I think the logic goes, you know, the the IRS is incenting you to save this money and not spend it until retirement. So if you get into a car accident along the way, they're going to allow you to protect some of the money so that um you know so that the IRS and the, and the government gets to keep the promise to you that you're going to have some money in retirement i i guess right so in the bankruptcy code if you'd fall on hard times medical expenses lawsuits whatever it is and you needed to file for bankruptcy there are some protections around retirement accounts and it used to be the case that we thought that those protections applied to uh, inherited IRA. So if my father or mother dies and leaves me their IRA account, um, it used to, it, the thought process used to be that if I would then um, go through a divorce or if I would be sued uh, for something that that retirement account, it, well, it's still a retirement account. It would have technically been an inherited IRA would be protected from that would-be creditor and predator. And we used to believe that until 2013 when uh, a court case came down called the Remaker decision, and you don't need to go look it up. But basically the holding was that the bankruptcy protections on retirement accounts do not extend to people who inherited the retirement account. So now, you know, middle-class America, upper-middle-class America has these big retirement accounts. I mean, you know, that's where you save your money. You, you do it the way they told you to. You take the company match, you contribute to the plan pre-tax, and you, you end up building up these these 401ks or these IRAs. And then those are usually the funds that we spend late because you got to pay taxes to get the money out. So long story short, the kids end up inheriting this money in a lot of ways. Now, now, what happens uh, when they get it and then they go through a divorce or they get sued or they have they have medical debt um, 
the bankruptcy courts have said, nope, we're no longer protecting uh, that fund that is subject to the creditors and predators. And so there, uh, that was in 2013. So for the last eight years, lawyers have been telling clients, maybe you don't want to do it that way. You know, this is terrible joke amongst estate planning lawyers that says, uh, friends don't let friends leave IRAs to humans. We leave IRAs to trusts. Because if we leave the IRA to a trust, you cannot put an IRA into a trust during your life, but you can leave an IRA to a trust. And if you leave the IRA to the trust, then that trust can serve to protect those dollars from your kids, predators and creditors and divorces after you've passed away. Um, and and that can that can really be a nice situation. Now, January 1st, 2020, uh, we have this law called the SECURE Act which stands for the concept that all of those funds have to be depleted from the IRA account within the first 10 years after uh, after the person passes away. So if my dad leaves me an IRA account now, I, I get an IRA account. He could leave it to me in the trust. That's great. It's now protective for my creditors and predators. But that IRA, um, ha- the money has to come out of the IRA account in the first 10 years. Then, if we have it in a trust, the question is, does it have to come out of the trust in the first 10 years? And the answer is, not necessarily. Uh, You could draft, uh, well, I I suppose uh, the lawyer could draft a trust that does not require those distributions to come out during the first 10 years, because if your kid is in a situation where there might be some liability due to their profession or whatnot, they may decide to just leave that money in a trust, and then it can run on um, for an indefinite period of time, and be protected from their would-be creditors and predators. And, and look, I, I think that this makes some sense. And, and there's a lot of my clients that agree um, when we set these things up. And, you know, in my opinion, the, the days of your grandpa's simple will are probably behind us. Life's more complicated now. And we need to think about this stuff a little bit more. What happens? You know, the first issue we discussed in today's show, what happens if I go to the nursing home? Is my spouse going to be okay? Um, I didn't work my whole life to lose my home, lose my savings to Alzheimer's disease. That's not what this game is all about. That's not that's that's the trophy this system gives me at the end. Nope, not for me. I'm going to protect my stuff. I'm going to make sure that my family is okay. I'm going to make sure my spouse is not on the curb, and I'm going to make sure my I leave a legacy onto my kids. Um, because you know it's it's harder and harder for for younger people to save money. So if if I can give these people, if I can give my family members a step up because I didn't lose it all to long term care expenses, which is largely out of my control. I can't prevent the ailments. I'm going to get sick. I know I'm going to get sick. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to live forever. And if if whatever I get sick with um, requires me to go through some long-term care expenses, well, it would be nice if I had protected those assets. And then if I've done that well, when I ultimately pass away, I can make sure that my kids get their inheritance in a, um, a beneficiary-controlled, what, what I've been calling a separate share trust, so that they can have access to that legacy, to those funds, without being exposed to their potential divorces and lawsuits, et cetera. And it can get to my grandkids when they're done with it. And And that's that in my opinion is a very efficient way a very effective way to make sure that um we've managed the control we've managed the access and we've provided well for our families so you have been uh you've been listening to today's episode of the life and legacy show uh, my name in case uh, you tuned in late is tim seckler i own the seckler law firm 
Um, and we do estate planning, elder law work. We do post-death administration work. Um, a lot of our cases are writing wills and trusts for people, just like we've been chatting about today. If you have someone in a nursing home, we do a lot of what we call Medicaid uh, planning or veterans benefits planning to help people um, find some government funds to help them pay for that care. So if you are paying privately right now for long-term care, reach out to us. Um, we may be able to help find uh, some money to help pay for that care. The law firm's website is secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, or you can call us at 724-841-1393. Our main office is in Mars, but we work kind of across western Pennsylvania and have done a whole bunch of cases in, in all the counties around. Um, and if, you, uh, if you'd like to come and listen to us, learn some more, ask me some questions, you can always ask questions by emailing radio at secularlawfirm.com, um, and then I'll get those and I can answer those uh, questions on a future episode. Or um, better, come to the live workshop. Come to one of our workshops. We have them just about every other week. Uh, most of them currently are up in uh, Mars at a place called The Well. I guess that's actually technically Seven Fields, but not too far off the interstate, off of 79 North. Um, really easy to find. You can come in, You can, um, and we have, uh, we have a big room where we separate everybody so you or you and your family can, can sit in a, in a, on a plastic table that is separated from everybody else so we can wipe them down and clean them up, and we have masks and hand sanitizer on every table. Uh, and everything uh, seems to seems to be working right uh, there. So come check out one of the live web uh, workshops. You can register at the website secklerlawfirm.com and then go to the workshops tab and you'll have the options to register there. The other thing you can do is um, you can access the pre-recorded video workshops if you want um, off of the website. And at the same place, um, because I know that some people are not yet com uh, comfortable coming out in a group setting, so we still have the recorded versions of the uh, of the workshops on our site. So, hey, thanks for listening this week. Remember, um, this show is for your education. This show is for your entertainment. This is not legal advice. I do talk about some lively legal issues. But if your family has a specific legal problem, you need a specific legal solution, and you should reach out to an attorney. My law firm is available anytime at 724-841-1393. Again, thanks for listening. We'll check you out next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.